Welcome back to another episode of Content and Cafecito. I am your host, Kathy Keaton. So today we have on a guest that I actually just recently connected with through my incredible online network. And I think ever since I started season two, I've always been bringing on women that I have connected with in this network. And it's just, the online community is incredible. And it's so crazy how this person that I'm bringing on today, we actually have a lot of similar interests. We have a lot of similar target clients and similar things that we do online, but we're so different as well. So I would love to introduce everyone to Laura. She is a marketing mentor and social media agency owner. (laughs) Excuse me. I cannot wait to find out more details about that. And she's all about organic marketing and social media marketing. So Laura, take it away. Introduce yourself. Tell everybody how you got here. And thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. It is such a pleasure. I'm always grateful for opportunities to chat with other entrepreneurial women and just share some of the things that I have learned along the way. Um, Thank you for that introduction. Yes, I am a marketing mentor. I have a 10 years of corporate marketing experience and left the corporate world. Oh gosh, I don't even know how long. Eight years ago now, I guess. Um, and I have been working as a small business owner and a social media marketing agency owner. That is amazing. And as somebody who is currently in corporate now, I like you are goals because just leaving it, mm-hmm. I can't wait to say that. Like, oh, I left the corporate world, you know, eight years ago. I can't wait to say that. <laughs> um, so now I know. So now you do this as um, as full time, but let's take it back. Like, how did you transition into becoming a marketing mentor and social media agency owner um, full time? Like, what was yeah. the transition like from corporate to now? Yeah, that's a great question. And so my my path has been a little different than most. I'm a I'm a manifesting generator. It's sort of like my human design. I don't know if that's anything that you're into, but I'm a person with like I'm a very multi passionate person and. When I was in corporate, in the corporate world, I always felt, um, I'm going to use the word uncomfortable. It always felt like I was looking for the next thing. What am I going to be doing next? Um, and I had a lot of great jobs. You know, I, I sort of ended my corporate career running all the digital marketing for a luxury automotive company, which was very cool. I got to drive the cars and go to the parties and have all the access, but really never felt fully fulfilled. And so... I actually walked away from corporate marketing for a little bit and I ended up running a gym. I ran a brick and mortar gym for five years. Um, and then in the, so that's what I, that's what I left for. I left corporate to, to run the gym and then kind of along the way with, with the pandemic and having children and things like that, I kind of ended up, we closed the gym in 2020 and I have kind of brought my two worlds back together through that time of running a brick and mortar business met a lot of other small business owners that realize and realized that they need help. They're really great at the things that they do and not so great at the things that I do. So, um, it made for, I made for an easy transition that way, but the initial move from corporate into being an entrepreneur full-time was really hinged around the gym, but it was a very scary decision. I, I, I can imagine honestly, like just to like finally be on your own and then like, I can only imagine like there must have been so many feelings of like uneasiness or like nervousness and like being like fearful. Like what were you ever like scared? Were you ever like, Oh my God, like what am I doing? (laughs) Oh yeah. 
Yes. So I was terrified the whole time, but here's the thing. The thing that kept me, that like was a reminder for me all the way is that that corporate is not going anywhere. Is that I could always go back. If it didn't work out, I could always go back and get another corporate job. Right. And and I I knew that. And it was like, well, this is, a, you know, I had the opportunity to buy an existing gym and things kind of just lined up for me at the time. And I was like this, you know, this opportunity isn't going to present itself, but there will always be corporations looking for marketers. Um, there's oh, people are always looking to hire, especially now, right? When we've had the great, what is it? The, the yes, great, I the know. Great resignation when everyone's moving, yeah. This, this time of year, but yeah. And so for me, I just knew that I was willing yeah. to do what it took to make it. You know, I would have gone and worked weighted tables or uh, worked at <laughs> Lululemon or something if I if I needed if I needed to, but. I also knew like fundamentally that I could always go back and get another job. I like that. I like that because you always know that that's at the, even though that's not your plan A, you always know that that's an option. And I think that's really realistic, especially for not only women, but for people in general that are um, trying to create a business or start a business of their own. Like being in corporate doesn't have to be your plan A, but it, it should always be on the back burner as something to lean back on. And that's really realistic. Like it's super realistic because some people, honestly, they'll just like put all of their eggs in one basket and like not having a nine to five job is not even on their radar and like to each his own. But like as somebody who has a stable job now, it's, it's, it's a benefit. Like there is a benefit for like working a stable job and having those skills, because like you said, like you have all of these years of experience now, especially being in all of these different types of, um, of fields. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a, such an interesting point that you bring up because, you know, I do have the privilege of, in my job of talking to a lot of business owners, a lot of small business owners. And I do from time to time hear from women and, and they say, you know, I'm going to, I need to go get, get a job because my business isn't, you know, doing what I, what I hope that it would do. And oftentimes they look at it like, oh, you know, I've failed. I have to go back and get a job. And I just say to myself, like, if that's where you have to be in this season, that's great. You know, like, Go do that. Go do that so that you can, you know, have some money. Because at the end of the day, we all have, you know, we have responsibilities and bills to be paid. And so go do that. And if that's the season you're in in your business, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's okay to to literally like have to change. Like that's fine. It's And I think that it shouldn't be discouraged because everybody's journey is their own. I love that you said that um, because that's def- like I could put that on the t-shirt. Like that's definitely something that needs to be said more. Because there's a lot of people who discourage that too. They're like, no, once you're on the path as being a business owner, like that's where you should stay. You shouldn't go backwards. And it's like, it's not going backwards if it's actually supporting your business dreams. Like it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of messaging that's positioned as being like motivational and supportive, but it's yeah. actually harmful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So let's switching gears really quick. I know that you are a social media agency owner. Like, how did you come to do that? Because there's not, yeah. there's a lot of people that work through social media. There's a lot of people like myself that I'm a social media strategist and I teach like the strategy behind like content and all that. So how did yeah. you become an actual agency owner? Because that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I, I worked in agencies um, in, in corporate, like part of my corporate upbringing was coming up through agencies and, and doing that kind of work. So in terms of you know how an agency runs, I got firsthand exposure to that really early in my career. But really when I started, when I shifted away from the gym into my online business, I really started doing you know similar work. So strategy work, 
helping small business owners to leverage social media for their business because I think a lot of people waste way too much time and they should be making more money, right? For the amount of time that you spend on, on content, content creation, it should be making you more money. And then along the way, so many people were asking, hey, do you do done for you services? And at first it was no, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, because I had done that sort of in my corporate world for so long. And, um, and then it got to the point where so many people were asking, I couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, and so I, before you continue, can you can, can you explain what a done for you service is for those who don't know? Yes, of course. Um, so done for you service would be like literally handing off everything for your, for your Instagram account or for your TikTok or your YouTube or whatever it is that you're creating content, handing over passwords. And we would create all of the content for you. So all of the copy, all of the imagery, um, you know, I, we do everything but be your face, essentially. Um, but if there are, if there's content to be created, you know, videos that need to be filmed, we tell you what to film, how to say it, all of the above. So it's really the creation of what we like to call a social business strategy. So full strategy, start to finish through content creation, engagement, account growth, all the things. So when I talk, when I talk about done for you, that's sort of, you know, can you do it for me rather than, rather than do it uh, or teach me how to do it. So that's how it started. And it, it just got to a place where people were asking for it. And I recognized that I didn't have the capacity to do it myself. I, I didn't, I didn't, couldn't, and I didn't really want to. I, you know, my heart is really on the strategy side of things. And so I just started building a team. Um, and there are some incredible freelancers and people that, that want to work in that capacity. And so that's how my team started. And we've just kind of grown from there. I love that. And I love the fact that you said that you didn't have the capacity because it takes somebody really humble and like putting their pride aside to really understand what their capacity is and what they can take on and what they should delegate. And I think that's a really yeah, yeah. important step in entrepreneurship and in being a business owner. Like there are some things that you can take on yourself, but if you know what your strengths are, then something that you're maybe not so strong in, you can delegate to someone else and it'll be just as successful. So that's really important for people to understand, especially if they're listening right now, that if you are in a place that you have a lot of moving parts in your business, and if there's one thing that either you don't enjoy doing or that you are not so good at doing and you know that you can hire out, then outsource it. Like that is literally like the main yeah. point of what yeah. you said, like outsource it because you can create something so much bigger, especially if you have other people involved and, and if you are truly working on something that you love. Yeah. And at some point you become your own, your own biggest bottleneck. Right. And, and that was, you know, I'm in a place even in that in that season right now is, you know, the agency runs a certain way. And um, in order for me to continue to grow the business, I need to continue to work myself out of it. And, um, you know, whether you're a solopreneur or you have a team, right, at some point, there are going to be things in your business that you should always outsource. Like, for example, I always, I think the first thing that anybody should outsource is bookkeeping, <laughs> Bookkeeping and accounting, if you're at a business, please do not do that yourself unless you are, in fact, a bookkeeper and accountant. Um, <laughs> please, 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 please. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, at some point, we become, we become our own biggest bottlenecks and we do need to um, outsource things. And social media is, you know, tends to be earlier on the list in terms of things that people can outsource in their business. But 
it, it does depend a lot on the business as well. That's very true. So since you are like the queen of organic marketing and you love talking about content, let's yeah. get into like actually like the specifics of it. Because I know that everybody okay. wants to have an aesthetic feed. Everyone wants to have a cohesive brand and a pretty page. But it, it there's a balance between like having a pretty page and having a, like an aesthetic feed and actually creating content that converts. So what yes. advice and what, what, like, what can you tell somebody that is like trying to find that balance? Yeah. It's so funny. I, I call it, um, pretty non-converting content <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 uh, is yes. So I think, you know, I think the big thing to remember is that anytime you're showing up on social media for your business, you're selling, right. And you can, that can be taken in a few different ways. Right. And it doesn't just mean like click here, buy this, right? It, you're, you need to learn the skills of soft sale, sales really through content creation. And the way that I like to think about it is every single one of our businesses exists to solve a problem. And usually that problem is something that makes somebody's life easier, somebody's life better, or just generally more interesting, right? If they're you, depending on your business. Um, and so your content, the job of your content is everything that you post needs to ladder back up to the problem that you solve. And that's regardless of whether you sell service or product, right? If you have a product, your product solves a problem as well. And so when you think about how you're creating content, it's like, it's there's twofold, right? You can't be talking just about you all the time because that's right. boring and nobody <laughs> wants to engage with that. Um, but also thinking about how is your content actually laddering back up always to the problem that you solve, Right rather than it just being like, hey, here's a pretty picture or this is a trending sound. It's like, is this content actually driving home the overall message of what it is that our business does? What is it that we do for people? Right. And so I think that is where we tend to miss. We tend to get we get tend to get overcomplicated. Um is is really by, you know, through forgetting that the purpose of Social media is, yes, to be social and to build community, but when we talk about actual conversion, right, it's how do you create content that is both interesting and, and engaging, but laddering up always to the solution. That's so true. It's like, what? how does this content like tie in to what you're offering? Um, so do you recommend for people to like... I'm trying to under, like trying to form this question. I have all of I have like five million things to ask you. So, <laughs> so when somebody is like posting content because they're selling something versus posting content yeah. that is evergreen, like I feel like you can tell the difference. So, oh yeah, it, what like for sure? How do you find the balance between that? Because you want to like post content so that people can like you know inquire more and you want, but at the same time you want to post content that's valuable that people can like find value in now. So how do you find the balance between that? Yeah. I think like for me, when I think about, you know, if I were to put a percentage on it, like 80% of your content should be value-based and 20% is really that like more of a harder sell. But, you know, if we're talking about the conduct of Instagram, for example, right? Most, when you think about, you know, that's just an easy, it's an easy app for us to talk about. So um, we can talk about it from that perspective, but I think, you know, when we think about content on Instagram, more and more selling is happening in stories. And so, you know, where you're putting your sales messages matters, I think. And like when we think about what's happening in the feed, 
most of that content is going to be more of the value-based content. And in your stories, you're going to do a little bit more of the sales content. But I think what we forget sometimes is that all content is sales content. Even if it's value content, it's still sales content. And so, you know, I can create a piece of content and, you know, in my business, I do, um, you know, marketing mentorship. I'm a business coach. I can create a piece of content that is only designed to solve a problem, right? To That's a, pro- a problem-aware piece of content, for example. So maybe it's talking about, you know, one of the things I'm talking about right now as we record this is this idea of, like, if you can't get people, like, do you know where your next sale is going to come from? Because if you don't, like, here's how we fix that, right? And that's a piece of content that's around this idea of, do you know where your next sale is going to come from? And so somebody's receiving that on the other end. They're like, well, no, I don't know, right? And so I'm not, I'm not selling to them, but what I'm doing is is demonstrating the problem that a problem that they maybe didn't even know really existed, and then that piece of content is providing value because I'm telling them how to solve it, but then it's also selling what it is that I do. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. Yeah, it's not just about like, hey, one-on-one coaching is now available. Click the link in the bio to buy. It's like here's the here's what I can teach you. Here's how I can educate you, and like. Yeah, you can take that information and do whatever you want with it. But at the end of the day, most people need accountability and support. So when we think about like different types of businesses and, you know, if if you have product-based businesses that are listening to this, right, it's not just about like, let's post a pretty picture of the thing that we have. It's let's talk about how a person would use that thing in the context of their life. How can they see them, How can they see themselves in that content so that they say like, yeah, I need that thing. I see myself there. That solves a problem for me. And whether that's pro- that problem is like, I just want to feel more beautiful or that's really in fashion or whatever it may be, right? And so really thinking about content from the perspective of everything sells everything. So how can we create content knowing that, right? Removing that, like, come on down, click here to buy now, instead of saying like, how can we serve these people in a way that they can either see themselves through the content, whether it's a problem or something that's aspirational, that's leading them back to desiring the sale. That's so true because that's that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people who make like hauls on TikTok, like especially like uh, Amazon hauls on yeah. TikTok, that's the reason why they get so many views because they're not just showing the product, they're showing how it works. So like why you need it. And it's so true. Like, even when you see, like, either ads on social media or if you see, like, ads on TV, like, they're not just showing you a picture or something. They're showing you why you need it. And you're literally looking at it and you'd be like, there's been so many times where I've looked at a video and I looked at somebody, like, using a product. It's usually a cleaning product because, like, let's face it, I'm, I'm like, in my 30s. Like, cleaning products are, like, my love language. So I see, I see, like, a cleaning product and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I need that. Like, you see how it works and you're like, I need it even when you don't need it. But it's so true that we can like evoke emotion through our content and like by learning how to position yourself in the content and learning how to um, really do it in a smart way. So what would you tell somebody that was like, let's say they're like a beginner, right? Like they're they're like a beginner and they're just like, they have like a service-based business, not so much of a product. And they really want to help their audience understand how they can specifically help them without speaking so much about them in particular, like themselves, how would they, how would, like what piece of advice would you give them in order to make 
converting content? Yeah, it it really starts with, it's a great question. And it, it really starts with knowing exactly what that person actually wants. And, you know, people talk about pain-based marketing a lot. Like, what is their pain point? And I hate, I hate that. Um, because I don't I don't like to sell that. I don't like to buy that way. I don't like to sell that way. Um, but for me, it, it really starts with knowing, okay, what is it that they actually desire? And what is their like, what is the desire they're saying out loud to people? But then what's the one that's like internalized that they're like not saying out loud? Right. And so understanding really what makes that person take what is it that they desire in their life and how you can solve that problem. How do you fill that gap? Right. It's really where it starts because social media content, you know, social media marketing, it all starts with business foundations and business fundamentals. And business fundamentals starts with understanding your ideal client avatar, what they desire, what your unique selling proposition is, right? Like how do you, how does your business, your service meet that need, right? And then it's, it's demonstrating how you understand that desire. And so it's really demonstrating how can you create content that speaks to that person about the things they desire, A, but also using their words, the words that they would say, right? Like if if your client wouldn't use an analogy about like showing up on center stage in your business, you would never, you would not want to say that, you know? And so how do you, like, what are the exact words? And sometimes as, you know, as business owners, we get caught in like using the buzzwords, the jargon, those sorts of things, right? Um, the buzzword. Like building a building a like-minded community. Like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> exactly, right? And so we need to, it needs to be super clear. But really it's around like, how do you create content that shows that you are the solution right. to the the problem? Right. Right? And, yeah. um, and so that's really where it begins. And it begins with that deep understanding. Because once you understand that, mm-hmm. you know, then you can dive into things like content pillars and and pull out stuff from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of like trying to build a house from the roof, right? Right. When we think about like, oh, I'm just going to post on social media. It's like, well, wait a second. You didn't build your house yet. You got to start at the foundation. You can't just be like, I'm going to post some pretty pictures and this is going to work out. That's so true. Yes. And part of that is like being authentically yourself. And I think that a lot of people that, that honestly is another buzzword that's, that's used a lot in the business industry um, (laughs) about being you and being authentically you. And sometimes people get that mixed up because a lot of people try to be authentic quote unquote. And they're really just Mm -hmm. being, they're really just like a sim character of themselves online (laughs) And I think that if people would actually just literally remove the mask and just present as themselves, they would build so much more trust with their audience and it would be so much easier to, for lack of a better word, like convince your audience that you are what stands out. Because standing out online is not, is, is not easy sometimes because there's so many people online. So how can, especially since you um, love organic marketing and organic content, how can somebody best stand out online? Like the easiest way to stand out online. What is your, like, what are your advice on that? Yeah. The easiest way to stand out is to not be for everybody. It's to stand for something, right. And, and to have a, have a belief in something and, you know, you're dead on it in that, like 
people talk about being authentic and it, it doesn't, it's not actually authentic because you're being this version of authenticity. And it's so interesting that you say that because when I started my business as, you know, as a business coach and a marketing mentor, I thought I had to, sh- I was supposed to show up in a, in a specific way. Like I had to show up in this like really buttoned down, very like, um, professional sort of way. And the reality is I have two little kids. So I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Most of the time I don't have my makeup on. Most of the time I look disheveled. Um, and I, you know, I could have come up with a hundred different reasons why I wouldn't show up. Um, but when I realized that, no, that side of me is just truly my, it's just who I am. That's just my truth. My business actually took off in a whole other way. And so a lot of it is like shedding the stories that we tell ourselves of how we're supposed to be. Um, and just allowing yourself to be for the people that you're for, because the more that you show up authentically yourself, the more you actually are going to attract people into your world. Like the, the clients that come into my world and my business through, you know, I have, I have, I have a, a mastermind and group programs that I run. And whenever, you know, people come into mastermind for the first time, they often say to me, like, how did you make such an incredible group? How is it possible that it's such an incredible group? It's like, well, like I only attract a certain type of person. If you're coming into my groups, you are a certain type of person because I'm not for everybody. Like if you want the perfectly polished person, you are not hiring me to be your coach. If you want real life, you want me to be honest. You want me to be straightforward and like sometimes a bit of a hot mess. Then like, I'm your gal. Um, and so I think the, the the biggest way, like when you talk about standing out, is just to, you know, when you think about the words that you use and how you show up and the colors and like you authentic, like truly just need to be yourself and to stop and, and to shed the stories that we've created or that social media has created around what, uh, what authenticity actually is and what, um, you know, how it's supposed to be, which is hard. And it's so, it's so much easier said than done. And I want to make sure that I acknowledge that, but um, it's so important. I love that. I like, honestly, everything that you said, I love that because it's so, it's such a realistic point of view and it's such like a reality check for people who are trying to be someone else online or thinking that they have to be a certain type of person online. And in reality, all you need to do is just be yourself and show your personality, especially through your content. And that would just like, like domino effect into your business. So I think it's so like important. I think it's so important for like people to really just be themselves. And it sounds so like middle school, but it's like you do, you need to just be you because you're going to have to, it's going to be so more tiring for you to try to be someone else and to constantly remember that person that you have to be online. If you would just be yourself, then it'll be so much like, so so much better and like so much work but honestly laura you have dropped so much value on this podcast and i hope Mm -hmm. that everybody listens listening to this especially if you are a beginner just starting out on social media and like trying to figure out who you should be trying to figure out how to show up as yourself and really just trying to understand converting content. I hope this episode was able to help you. So Laura, before we end, I actually have a segment that I do for all of my interviews on season two. That's actually more of a little fun and we'll actually just like dive a little deeper into who you are. So you down? are you down? I'm totally down. Yes. So um, the first question is, what are the toughest parts in your opinion of being a woman in business and how do you overcome it? Ooh, 
That is a juicy question. Um, you know what? It it's is so loaded. Yes, it is loaded. That is a loaded question. So I came from luxury automotive marketing. Um, and luxury automotive is a very much a man's dominated world. And I think a lot of the time for me, one of the hardest things is I think that there are times where I would like to behave as a man does. You know, one of the things that you know, if if I were to behave the way that a man does, I would be perceived as a bitch. Can I say that on your podcast? Um, but that, right, you know, yeah. like it would be be uh, be seen as like aggressive and negative, right? If you be, whereas mm-hmm. if a man does it, it's like a power move. And so I think that mm-hmm. for me, one of the hardest parts is you know almost ne- feeling the need to. Um, I don't want to use, I don't want to say bite my tongue, but to like mind my P's and Q's a little bit because the perception would be as a woman that that is aggressive behavior. Whereas if I were a man, I could just say it and it would just be like, well, you're just cool, cool, bro. You know, like that would be like, like you're, you're good. You're just like an assertive man. But as a woman, if you were to say something like that, you're, you know, you're too much. That's so true because as women we constantly have to filter ourselves and constantly have to second guess what we're gonna say so i i completely get that like it's it's rough sometimes sometimes i just want to like be off the cuff and just say what i think but i'm just like you know what let me just stop (laughs) how do i how do i soften this in a way that is not going to make you have an opinion about who i am exactly Exactly. I completely get that. And I think that that's so relatable. So also, what was your, like your biggest business hiccup? Like, is there an investment or a decision that you made that you really regret? And like, did you feel in the moment, like, no, like, I don't know what to do? Like, what was it? Yeah, I hired the wrong people um, in actually just this past year. So I have a tendency to like hire on my instinct. Um, and so these people, they came in, I thought they were going to be great. Um, and it all kind of just like blew up in my face very quickly. And so um, one of the things that I learned is that like, you know, when you're in a small business and you're nimble and things have to move fast, like it's great to hire fast, but to put the process in place so that, you know, I would never give anybody like full bore of my business again. So like I hired somebody to come in to be kind of like an OBM type role. They had access to my entire business. Uh, it blew up in my face. And so now I hire quickly, but I onboard slowly. So um, that was a, sh- a big shift for me for sure in the last year. That can literally be like the, that could have literally like been like the detriment of your business. So I'm glad that yep. it, like it worked. I'm glad that like the end result worked out and like you're now on like the the best track. The other side. I would have lost yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you had an extra hour every day, how would you spend it? Ooh, I would probably go for a walk. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I like that. I think I'm asleep, but yeah, I like that. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd go for a walk. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I like that. Self-care is also always necessary. Um, Yeah. If salary and, oh my God, these ambulances. Okay. If salary and experience didn't matter, what job would you most want to have? Oh, good question. You know what? I really actually love my job, which is something I never thought I would be able to say. Mm-hmm. I love the coaching side of my job mm-hmm. so much. If salary didn't matter, what job would I like to have? 
You know what I think would be really fun? I think it would be really fun to like work on a cruise ship. Ooh, that would be fun. Like in what in what capacity? Like an entertainer? Yeah, probably. Although like I can't sing or dance. <laughs> but I think it would be really fun to be like a cruise ship performer. Everybody's, get to, like, everybody's drunk on a cruise. Who cares? You, you everybody's in a great mood on a cruise. <laughs> I also oh just God. really love to travel and it's something that, you know, with little kids, it hasn't, and obviously the pandemic hasn't really been available for me mm-hmm. um, over the last few years. So I think, yeah, I think I would be a cruise ship entertainer. Oh my God. That is so random, but so amazing. So I random. love that. And yeah. the last question that I have, and I think that you touched on this earlier, if somebody wanted to do the same thing that you're doing, what is one piece of advice that you will give to someone just starting out? <sighs> With every with every guest that I've had and answer this question, there's always been a deep breath in the beginning. <laughs> Is there always a deep breath? There, um, good. There should be a deep breath. I think, honestly, I think a lot of it comes down to grit, and it mm-hmm. just comes down to you know that's one thing that I. I always joke that one of my like my life motto is I'll I'll figure it out like I'll make it work, um, yeah. and I think you you do have to be willing to like to fail, like are you. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to look stupid. Um, I love that. And and be okay with it because you can't, as a business owner, you can't you can't remove any of that, right? Like there are yeah. going to be times where you look stupid. There are going to be times where you mess up. And I literally do that every day. Everybody yeah. does. We all do. And so, because yeah. if you're not, like you're you're not trying anything new. You're not challenging yourself. You're not pushing yourself. And so, yeah, I think it's just like. You need to be like, are you willing to fall down and get back up over and over and over? Because if you're not, don't, don't do this. No, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Laura, thank you so much for coming on and literally like opening your brain and opening your heart and pouring out to all of the people who are listening now. So if anybody wants to keep up with you, what do you have going on? Where can they connect with you? Pimp yourself out. Yeah. I love that. I'm just going to take it. I need, I need to hydrate one thing. Yes. So the easiest way to find me is I hang out on Instagram at it's Laura Sinclair. That is the easiest way to find me. And I'm sure I will, uh, we'll get the link into the show notes for that. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're listening, we're friends now. So please send me a DM and say hello. Yes. I've got all kinds of things going on at, at pretty much all times in my world. Um, but if you are new to social media marketing, I do have a, a course called, it's called SBA, Social Business Accelerator. It is open for enrollment anytime you get a year worth of access to the program. Um, and you actually get some live coaching with me in that time. So if you're in a place where you're like, I need the strategy, I need the systems, I just, this is, um, this is too much. My job is to, is to keep it simple for you and to help you create um, content that actually converts. And, you know, then I, I also have some other programs, higher level programs for um, entrepreneurial mothers as well as one-on-one coaching and then the agency. So if you're in a place in your business where you're ready to hand off your social media marketing, you're like, okay, I did it. I did it, but I don't want to do it anymore. Um, I need a team. Then we can talk about that too. Awesome. And all of Laura's information is going to be in the show notes. If you guys um, wanted to follow her and connect with her, if you needed to 
find out more information on everything that she has going on, go to the show notes, DM her, and feel free to screenshot this episode and tag both me and Laura. And let us know what was your favorite part because she dropped a lot of gems here. So there's going to be something that stuck out to you. Laura, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I cannot wait to continue connecting with you into our network. And for all of you that are listening, I will see you next week. And stay safe. I love you. And remember to